Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. You know, I literally almost was going to call this message something about, uh, you know, kind of confidence in the storm. I'm literally uh, was going to was going to name it that I decided to name it something different. Uh, because of um, something out of Matthew 7 that Jesus shares. But I'm, I'm going to get right into it. And I, I was thinking about kind of foundations of buildings because uh, several weeks ago I was traveling. I was in a hotel, happened to be in one of the higher uh, kind of le- levels so I could look down on some of the city buildings being built around me. And I could see another probably big hotel or skyscraper of some kind being built, but you could see the foundation. Have you ever been in that vantage point when, you know, you can see how far deep into the ground they are working? You know, it's always shocking to me because you just forget. You know, you hear about, hey, the taller the building, the deeper the foundation. But it's really real when you see that in, in real life where, wow, look how deep they're working. Look how far below the ground they are developing so that they can begin to build, right? And, and there's something about the foundation that is so essential for us to be able to build our life on. And Jesus speaks into this in Matthew chapter 7, uh, starting in verse 24. He says this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built, some would say built, says, built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them, put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew again and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. This is such a powerful parable uh, story that Jesus is telling, and he's talking about the difference in foundation. I want to preach a message called Built Different, and um, I'm borrowing, you know, a slang from recent time here, but I think Jesus is the originator of this idea, you know, because he literally is teaching us how to be built different, how to build our life on a different kind of foundation, because when the storms come, Jesus didn't say, if you build your life on the rock, you will never have a storm. I know we wish that sometimes that's what Jesus would have said. If you're on the rock, don't worry, no storm will touch you. That's not what it says. It says that if you build on a, a sure foundation, if, you build, if you're built different, if you're built in a way that when, when the rains come down, when the water starts rising, when the wind starts howling and blowing, something is different about your life. We live in a world where we are experiencing this, and I do not want our church family to be those who build their life on sand. 
those who feel like everything that when it comes at us, we're thrown off, we're unsettled, we, we're, 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 we're uh, crumbling underneath every storm. We can be built different. We can have a different foundation. We can have a different assurance. We can live our life differently so that when the winds blow, and they're going to come. How many have ever experienced some wind, right? How many have ever experienced some storms? How many experienced them this week, right? Come on. We got stuff we're facing. We got things that we're navigating, but we do not. We do not have to be those who crumble and fall and our house is in shambles because of the storms. We can weather storms. We can power through things. We can come out on the other side of a storm victorious. We can overcome. We can find victory through this, the situations that we face, but it's going to be about how we're built uh, and how, what we build our life on. Amen. You know, uh, you know, recently there was a, a pretend um, hurricane named after a pretend presidential candidate. <laughs> hurricane Hillary, you may have heard of it. Yeah, a lot of talk, not a lot of show. And, uh, and um you know, everyone's freaking out. Everyone just loved a good story. But then nothing came of it. You know, nothing, nothing really showed up. But there, there are real storms, right? There are real things that we face in our life. And my wife, who, you know, I think she might have been drinking some of my Red Bull uh, from uh, right before service because she was in Fuego and uh, just brought kind of a prophetic uh, release around this. And, but you know, what are some of the things that can bring storms to our lives? You know, in our marriages, there, there, there can be storms in, in our marriage. There can be difficulties that we face navigating through marriage. But here's some good news. If you're in the middle of a storm, if you're built in the right way, if your foundation is right, it doesn't have to be the end of a marriage. Right, there's a lot of marriages that, that end in divorce. There's a, we know the stats. We, we know it. Maybe you've been a product of it. Maybe you've gone through a divorce yourself. But you know what? We can build differently for the future. We can build differently in our marriages that we can weather storms. Maybe your kids are going through something. Maybe your children are facing different storms. Man, the kids can bring on storms in our situations, right? We can face, you know, obviously business, you know, finances, money. Um, living in Southern California, it's no joke sometimes, you know, navigating, um, you know, just everything that, that's sort of come at us and comes our way. We have to navigate how do we overcome, how do we win, how do we thrive. We know that God's word uh, works in any economy. We know that God's word works in every nation. We don't have to have perfect conditions for God's promises to work, but Newsom's trying to make it as hard as he possibly can, you know what I mean, for you to have to thrive in an environment like that, right? But the, the truth is that we can overcome, but money creates frustrations and anxieties and worries and fears and being overwhelmed and the storms that can come in business. Maybe you're an entrepreneur and you stepped out and you tried different ventures. Some things have failed. Some things haven't gone the way you thought. Man, storms come. Pressures come. Difficulty gets faced, right? Uh, you know, pain and tragedy, loss, loss of loved ones, 
different things that we face, sometimes sudden, sometimes we know it's coming. But man, tragedies can strike, but they don't have to take us out, right? They don't have to. The storm of tragedy, it's painful. It's horrible. Nobody wants to lose loved ones. Nobody wants to walk through that, but we do not have to have it be something that takes us out. Sometimes the storms come from our own choices, right? Sometimes choices of others. But you know, one of the things about the storms that come, they tend to speak to our worst fears, don't they? They're so good at that. You know what I mean? When the storms come, they're so good at reminding you of what you think you're not. So good at reminding you that you're probably never going to get through it. So good at reminding you uh, of, your, of the times when you've misstepped, the times where you've failed, times where you haven't gone, you know, done what you thought you should. Storms are so great at just trying to amplify our inadequacies or amplify our struggles and our pains. You know, one of the things that the storm is really good at is getting you to think that this is a permanent state. You ever notice that? In, on the planet's history so far, no storm has lasted forever. <laughs> but when you're in the storm, it kind of feels like it might never end. Isn't that, isn't that the truth? When you're in the middle of something difficult, it feels like, is this ever going to end? But no storm has ever lasted forever. It doesn't. Storms end. Difficulties come to an end. You walk through seasons. You walk through storms. It feels unbearable. It feels like you may not make it through, but it will end. It will come to a conclusion, but the enemy is going to try to get you and me to get ourselves into a mental rut that we're stuck here. This is it. There's no hope. This is all it's going to be, right? It's like the classic Psalm 23. David said, even though I walk through, right, not stay in forever, the valley. Even though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil, right? He pushes through. He, he navigates through. You know, one of the things that uh, also storms do is they're great at causing us to forget who's in the boat with us. You know, you remember when the disciples were going across the sea and it was storming and they think they're going to drown and die and they forgot, hey, the Messiah is in the boat. Chances are real strong this ain't going down. You know what I mean? Like, why are you freaking out? You know what I mean? But the storm gets us to forget God is with us. Isn't that the truth? I mean, you can feel like full of faith on the mountaintop. Next thing the storm hits, you're just like, is God even here? Does he care? He's abandoned me. And so, like, are you, are you not sh- shocked at yourself? I know I am. How quickly I can lose heart. How quickly my strength gets turned to, like, Knee knocking, teeth chattering, like, are we going to make it? It's shocking how fast we can do that. And have you not read the Old Testament and kind of like, you know, look, your, look down on them? Oh, these Israelites, they're serving God one day. They're worshiping idols the next. I would never do that. And then you go through a rough patch in your business and you're like, is this tithing even working, you know? Like, this is it. I'm done with this stuff. Church isn't helping, you know. God must be turning his back on me. It's like, wow, really? I remember I remember first kind of getting a, a fresh revelation on this when our girls were little. And when they're just that baby infant and they're just, just screaming for their next meal, right? Just whining, crying. And, and like, like you've never fed them. You know, when a baby is a baby and they're hungry, they just start, you know, and you're like, okay, calm down. 
It's going to be all right. We've been feeding you every day, multiple times a day, since you came into this planet. We're not stopping. But every time they're hungry, it's like you've abandoned them. They're desperate. They're, they're, they're at their absolute last moment. Right? And I remember God showing me one time, like, yeah, that's kind of what we're like sometimes with him. You know what I mean? It's like we're like we're in a desperate spot. We're just crying out, God, feed me. He's like, well, calm down. I've been with you this whole time. I haven't left you. I'm still with you. I'm going to be with you. Come on. Calm down. Come on. I love Proverbs chapter 3. I was reading that uh, this morning. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your right side or at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. That's a good word. We don't have to live in fear. I know we have a crazy world that we're living in right now. But we do not have to live in a constant state of fear of sudden disaster. Um. The, the world wants us to be. The media thrives off of it. Politicians thrive off of it, right? Money, you know, a lot of commerce thrives off of you being afraid and you responding to that fear, right? But that's not how Christians should be built. We shouldn't live that way. We don't need to live that way. I, I want to give you hope today. A lot of Christians do live more like the house built on sand than they do the house built on the rock. Because most Christians, when chaos breaks out, respond exactly the same as unbelievers do. And if that is the case, then we have not built our life in the right way. There's, al- there's always grace and mercy uh, for our own humanity, right, when we're navigating through things. But if you do a couple things, which I want to highlight here in a little bit, I think you're going to find yourself standing strong on the other side of the storm, right? And uh, there's, but there's some things that we have to do to prepare for it. You know, uh, Katie and I celebrating our 20 year anniversary, we're down in Cabo. Yeah, come on. We made it, babe. Come on. And once anyone who's been married longer than 20 years realizes you feel like you just figured a couple things out, you know, you're just like, we're just getting started. <laughs> we finally figured out one thing, and now we'll move on to the next thing, and uh, it's going to be good. Actually, 12 things. It's in a book called 12 Marriage Safeguards. Okay. <laughs> Just 12, though. We'll get to the next 12 in the next 20 years. Um, you know, as, as we were there, thankfully, on the very tail end of our trip, a hurricane was coming in, and it was going to come right through Cabo. And uh, so the last day, well, the second to last day, the wave started getting wilder, and it was kind of fun to watch, you know what I mean? And, uh, but then on the final day before we were to fly out, we're like, we're starting to get nervous, like, are we going to get this flight out? Because they started literally shutting down the resort. They're pulling in all, you know, kind of the beach chairs off of all the decks because literally the waves have come all the way up the beachfront, are crashing over the resort-like wall and into the pools. I mean, it's getting a little wild, okay? 
hurricanes starting to build. Kat would have loved the waves. She would have been about it, you know. She would have been out there. And, uh, and it, was, it was pretty wild, you know, to see it. But it, it, the night before, it was like all of a sudden the entire resort was alive with the workers doing the things they know how to do to protect that building from the hurricanes that would be coming. So all of a sudden they're boarding up things and they're gotten these metal walls they're putting up. And every, they have a plan for when the hurricane comes, Right. They've been there before. They've done this thing. They're not freaking out. The workers didn't look scared. They didn't look, uh, like, extra busy. They were just doing the things they know to do to prepare their property to be able to withstand the storm, and we can do the same thing, right? We can operate in the same way. So here's a couple things that help to steady your life, that will help you to be unshakable, right, in the middle of storms, to be able to withstand those things that are coming at us. Number one is we've got to be close to God and his word. Be close to God and his word. This can seem like an obvious, but it is so, it's so essential that we understand this. Psalm 139 verse 17 in the New Living says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. You know, one of the most important things as we go through storms is to be close to our Heavenly Father, to, to, to lean in to Him, to get to know Him deeper, to learn Him or to know His Word. Jesus, when He's talking about the sure foundation, the rock, He's talking about His Word, which is Him. Jesus is the Word. Right? It's, it's not just memorizing teachings. It's being acquainted with and building your life in Christ. Right, It's knowing him. It's being close to your heavenly father. Because when we're in storms, you know, I think a lot of times when we face difficulties in life, and we can talk about this because it's, it's an important one, where maybe our identity, our, our value gets shaken. And that's an important topic about your confidence, your identity, knowing who you are. But you know what? I think, honestly, there's too much emphasis on knowing your identity and not enough emphasis on knowing God and his identity, right? Because the more, the don't have to be all consumed about, okay, I got to see myself right. I got to see myself right. I got to see myself. I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm saying, okay. I mean, if you need a little hype up, that's, that's okay. From time to time, just look yourself in the mirror. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. Gosh darn it. People like me, you know, I mean, but you know what your identity comes from way more than that? Less focusing on you, more focusing on who Jesus is. The, the more you you're, you're know him, the less you have to worry about knowing your own personal strength or ability or capacity or power. Don't, don't worry a little bit less about, man, I got to make sure that I'm right and I'm solid and I have the right thoughts and I know who I am. And I, it's like, actually, be more focused on knowing who he is, right? My identity in a natural came from my dad. Every single one of us are given our name by our father. We're, there's, there's an identity value thing in the natural. It's why it's one of the most uh, destructive things when a dad is, uh, you know, is, is abusive or a dad uh, runs out or dad doesn't stay home with the kids when they're young, right? And they, they leave. There, there's all kinds of identity crisis situations that can happen in a kid, 
And, and then they began to be confused about who they are, question who they are, know their worth. But you know what? With me and my dad, my dad just affirmed his love for me, and he was just there for me, and that built my confidence. He didn't necessarily, he didn't tell me every day, hey, son, you're a winner. You're going to win. You're born to win. You're called to win. You're known to win. That's fine. You want to call your son a winner? That's fine. But my dad just said, I love you, and he was there. And that, that instilled in me what I needed because I knew my dad, I knew who he was, I knew he was there for me, I knew he had me, and that naturally created in me a confidence. So actually, the more you focus on less of you, more of him, the more you lean into the heart of God, the more you draw near to the presence of God, actually, you'll have to worry a lot less about who you are. Because you began to operate in who you are as a natural overflow of being connected to the presence of God. Because when you realize he loves you, that, that's why John 3, 16 is so important and so powerful. For God so loved the world. that he, I mean, guess what? We know something about God. That he loves me. He's for me. Right? He's got me. He's created everything for me. There's something about knowing the goodness of God. That's why that the, the classic like kids kind of Bible Bible church kids church song whatever it is. We're a Bible church. That's good. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Right. That's what I need to know. I need to know Him and that He loves me. And that begins to create in me a confidence. That begins to create in me the right way of doing things. When David went up to the battlefield, he goes, man, who is this who's defying the, the army of Israel, the God of the armies of Israel? He, his, his focus is much more on who God is, what he did in, in David's life in the past, less about like, man, I'm so good with the sling. He did recount his victories, but it was more about what God did in and through him and who God was than whether or not David was this excellent marksman as somebody in the slingshot. The more I know him, I, I love uh, Leonard Ravenhill said this, if Christ loves me, does it matter who hates me? If he smiles on me, does it matter who frowns on me? If he says I'm his, does it matter who rejects me? No, it doesn't matter. But we can find our strength in him. And, and the more I draw into the heart of God, the more courage I find. You know, uh, you know, I've talked about different seasons when we'd first made the move from Seattle down here to San Diego and some of the difficulty that we really had to fight through um, in those beginning seasons. And a lot of times what I would do is the intensity of the storm would be there, the financial uncertainties, all that stuff we're navigating, and I would just go to my room, and i just turn on worship, and i just draw into the heart of God, right? And when I would leave, I would just, I'd feel different. Not because I looked in the mirror and told myself 35 positive affirmations. It was because I leaned into the heart of God, and I felt courage again. I felt strength rise in me again. I felt hope again because I leaned in to get close to God. So you've got to be close to God. 
if, if we're going to weather storms, if you're going to withstand difficulty, if when tragedies or business issues or, or economic things or political issues happen, when those things come, your ability to stand strong, stand up, not be taken out by the wind and the waves is going to require that you lean into the heart of God. And guess what? As much as I love being able to bring the word and we love being able to create these atmospheres on Sunday, this is not enough. You cannot, you cannot do your Christianity just by an hour and a half once a week on Sunday morning. You got to lean in. You got to lean into the presence of God. You got to get into the Word of God. You got to be in the presence of God, right? And this is, oh man, that's that's the spot, right? The Bible says oftentimes, you, you know, he talks, David talks about that God is a refuge. He's a shelter. He, he, he hides me in the cleft of the rock like he's, he's protecting me from the storm. There's nobody like that. There's no thing you can run to. There's no substance that can substitute it. There's no fix that's going to be able to satisfy. I've got to be in a spot where when storms come, I'm steady because I'm already in the presence of God. I've already found myself in the rock. I've already, I got my feet planted firmly on his word for my life. Amen? Amen. All right, number two. I got to be led by the Spirit. Uh, John 14, 26, in the Amplified, I love this. It says, but the helper, I love that way of describing the Holy Spirit, right? He's the helper. But the helper the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit. How many of that's some good description of who the Holy Spirit is? Every once in a while, just, just find yourself hanging out in the Amplified, okay? This is like the layman's Hebrew-Greek word study, okay? That's a great way to, to read the word sometimes, right? The counselor, the helper, the intercessor. The advocate, the strengthener, the standby. How, how do we expect to weather storms if we don't have that? Right? When we're facing adversity, we get to be led, guided, counseled, comforted, strengthened, walked beside by the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's when Jesus said, I'm going to go, but I'm going to send you my spirit. I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you the advocate. I'm going to send you the strength that, that God gave me, right? I mean, what a beautiful uh, reality. But I've got to be, I've got to pray in the Spirit. At the end of services, our ministry team's up here. If you don't yet speak in tongues and have been filled with the Holy Spirit, come down. Ask for that. We want to pray with you to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. It's something like the book of Jude says that I build myself up in my faith. When I pray in the Spirit, sometimes my words and my natural language just don't cut it. You ever been there? You're in prayer and your English language or whatever your first language is just is not getting it done. It feels hollow. It feels shallow. It feels like it's bouncing off ceilings. Come on, you begin to pray in the Spirit. You begin to intercede. The Holy Spirit begins to do His work in and through you. And when I can be led by the Spirit rather than by my emotions or by culture or by circumstances, I can remain steadier in storms. But when, when I am looking to the news, 
like any of us do that anymore, but theoretically, if I'm looking to news or I'm looking to media or I'm looking to somebody out there to find my stabilization, it will not work. I've got to look back to Jesus. I've got to look to the Spirit. I've got to lean into his voice. I've got to allow him to guide me and direct me and be led by the Spirit of God. As, I'm, as I stay in that posture and in that place, then when difficulty comes, I, 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 can, I can remain at peace. I can have comfort. I can be comforted. I can lean into his voice and allow him to begin to speak. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have the, the team come up here. Last thought that I want to share this morning. Number three here is to be found in the house of God and around the right people, right? It's kind of like a, a double concept here. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9, and 10 Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You know, this is one of the biggest challenges when it comes to facing storms is that a lot of times we try to face storms on our own. Right? We, we face storms alone. We attempt to live out this, this faith, this life with Christ, and we're going through difficulty and we don't reach out. We don't involve. We aren't surrounded with people that can speak into us. And you know what? Sometimes when we get in a storm, we kind of wish we had somebody who could reach out to, but maybe for many reasons we feel like, oh, it's too late, or I don't know, and I don't want to bother, and blah, blah. But if you, just, if you live in community on a consistent basis then you already got people around you when a storm hits. That's the better way to go. Don't, don't wait till tragedy before you try to get somebody's number, right? To phone a friend, right? To reach out, to get a lifeline going. Live in community. Put yourself in that place where you're surrounded so that when you trip, guess what? Someone's there to pick you up. Have you ever tripped and fallen in life? Raise your hand. It's not a trick question. Everybody raise your hand. Maybe you've had seasons where you felt alone and it took you a while to get back up. And you've had seasons where you have people around you. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. Guess what? Sometimes when that storm comes, the wind blows, you're going to find yourself on your face. You're going to get knocked out by it. You're going to get blown over by it. You're going to get messed with. But guess what? You got people around. And when you have family around you, they can go, we got you. (laughs) I got you. Pick you back up. Walk with you. Get you back on track. Get you back on the rock. Get you back on God's word. Get you back on truth. Get you bandaged up. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's a way that we, we can weather storms, right? As I stay close to the heart of God. I know his character. I know how good he is. I know that he's for me. I I stay sensitive to the leading and the guiding and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I have the right people around me, right, that that I've I've chosen to do life with. And, And I hope you find that Awaken is an honest, transparent type of community. But you know what? Every single one of us has to keep fighting for that. Because it's easy, even though maybe, you know, we have a tendency to overshare on stage. We try to be as transparent as possible, right? Live honest, live true. 
And it's easy to laugh at that, enjoy that. But if you're in this place and you've been kind of living with some storms, some pain, some stuff, and you just kind of keep pretending like it's good, keep pretending like you're all right, keep just high-fiving and, yeah, we're good. Like, can I just encourage you? Let the walls down. Can I just encourage you? Get honest with somebody. Like, this is the place, like, we want you to. This is the best place. I loved it. Caleb last week when he was like, man, if I break my leg, the best place I want to be is in a hospital where they got all the stuff to like put me together. If I'm going through pain, if I'm in difficulty, the best place I want to be is in the house with the community, with people who can love me, who can walk me through it. You know, uh, I got a, a really fun example of this recently when we were watching the, uh, the Ryder Cup uh, between Europe and, and the U.S. golf tournament. And it was the final Sunday, you know, final day, a lot of a lot of stuff kind of bearing down the U.S. They were behind, and, you know, this isn't that great of a comeback story because the U.S. did ultimately lose that. But but for this one, this one guy was really powerful because every round really mattered in those final moments. And one of the golfers, the last name Homa, he was kind of right at the very um, kind of middle of the day or beginning of the day where his round mattered. If he lost, you know, the U.S. lost. So everybody's round really, really mattered. He was fighting for it. And one of his last shots that he hit near the green, but he hit it like right on the top of one of those sand bunkers. But there was, he was on the edge of it, but it was this really tall, huge grass. It would have been just a tough shot to hit on it. And all of a sudden, you just see, you don't really know what's going on in the moment, but you see them decide to take the ball out of that. He takes a penalty stroke and moves it into clear ground. And then he chips and putts in, and he wins the round. He keeps the U.S. alive at that moment. And afterward, they're interviewing him, and they're like, man, that was amazing. What a risky thing. Man, I can't believe you took that penalty shot. Man, that, that was a big move, you, you know. And he goes, what made you make that decision? How'd you make that decision? And he said, I didn't make that decision. My caddy did. And he literally says, I was, there was too much going on in my head. I was too, like, just, my, my head was swirling. My thoughts were all over the place. I, I didn't know what was going on. They're in Europe, so the crowd's against them. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a fan base there. They're cheering against him. It's a lot, he's on the line, and he goes, I didn't make that decision. My caddy did. And I was like, wow. If he, if there's a picture of when he makes the putt. There's a picture of when he makes the putt, and you see off in the distance behind, it's the best shot ever. He makes the putt, and his caddy's back to going. And I saw what a great reminder of church community. Trust your caddy. Trust your caddy. Trust your caddy. Your friends in the road, these are your caddies. These are the people helping you make the right decision. Making the right selection. Making the right hit. Choosing the right club. Like, it, it, sometimes we're so in it. We're so overwhelmed. We're so... We're so in the storm, we can't see the right move to make. Guess what? That's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. That's called being human. But when you're in that moment, you need a caddy. You need friends. You need people in your world that can say, hey, I got you. 
Move it over here. Take this shot. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let's pray. Trust the caddy. Man, how good is that? Yeah, when we're facing things, sometimes we just, we're too in our head, too in our heart, <laughs> too much emotion, too much thinking, combination of both. And we just got to allow the people that we trust in our world, kind of like give them the keys a little bit and go, hey, I don't know exactly what the best next move is here. I need you to show me. Right? That's a beautiful thing. That's a good thing. It's not a weakness, that's a strength. How many know that Homer was a hero because he listened to his caddy, right? Not because he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm not taking a penalty stroke. I'm going to power through this thing. Probably would have dropped it in the sand three strokes later. He lost it. He would have lost it. The caddy. I'm thankful for that. We all need a good caddy. We all need people in our lives. We all need to trust the people that God has brought into our lives. And if you find the advice of your close friends consistently taking you into more storms, then God bless it. But it's time to find a new caddy. <laughs> it's all right. I don't know if Peter Arnold's here, or, or Peter, not uh, Snyder, I mean. Snyder, where are you at, Peter? Is he, he's out in the back already preparing things. I saw him earlier. Oh, where is he? Oh, oh, Peter, he's hiding back there on me. Peter, Peter, he does his best to be a good caddy for me when I'm out there. He's not really my caddy, but he, he plays the role because he's like, Samuel, why are you selecting that club? That is the wrong club. Don't do that. And whenever I'm like, no, no, I think it's going to be good. I hit it. He's like, I told you. That was the wrong club. And I go, you're right, Peter. Why am I not listening to you? <laughs> it's so important that we have the right people in our world, the right people in our circle. Amen. Amen. Just lift your hands. Let's just pray for a moment. Wherever this message is just kind of hitting home, once you just talk to God for a moment. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us. You're close. You're near us, God. You haven't left us. You haven't forsaken us. You're walking right with us, God. We draw near to you. We draw close to you. We lean into your presence, Holy Spirit. We need your touch. We need you to comfort. We need you to strengthen. We need you to guide us. We need your voice need your voice. Thank you, God, for good community, good friends, good family. I pray you help us to be good caddy to those around us in this room. Help each other make the right calls, make the right shots. Father, we love you. Thank you for this incredible community that you've given us, that you've blessed us with. Let's just sing this song real quickly. Just lift your hands and worship. Allow the Holy Spirit just to kind of seal in you what he's been speaking to you through the word. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.